It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, no idea what's going on. I can't pay attention at any good rate. Looks from parishioners, old ladies, and ushers. I guess I'll throw some extra bucks in the collection plate. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. This week's guest, Father James Brockmeyer. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. How's it going, Jeff? I'm doing great, Scott. What's I'm so great about your day so far? Well, I'm preparing to prepare for the preparation. Preparing to prepare for the preparation. Yeah. Tell me more. It's our last week of preparation before we hit a time of preparation. So. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, Father James Brockmeyer is our guest today. Father James, how are you? Doing great. Thanks and for I, I'm so glad that you and Jeff are wearing the exact same shirt. This is just I'm going to get a picture funny. of us, Father. So I, I want to make sure that you can't tell who you're looking at uh, based on what screen, because Jeff and I have been accused of being lookalikes before. So Many times. Do you take offense to that, or do you... Do you no. take, Take that as a compliment. I feel no. like it is a huge compliment for me and very offensive to Father James. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get a good angle here. As I slide to get a good angle, though, I go off. We need to get you a halo light. Yes, we do. All right, did you get your picture? Can we move on with the podcast now? There we go. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks. You can also take a screenshot if you'd like. This is great. This is great uh, audio content. I can hear people unsubscribing currently. <laughs> Wait, Scott, I also want to, we got to talk about like everybody who is listening right now just heard our new intro song. Oh yeah. So we, we have a new intro. Many of you probably noticed very different. Um, we have a, a listener, somebody who's been from us with us from the beginning, Ryan Moran, who Long time listener, first time theme song maker, first time theme song, probably not his first theme song. If I'm going to be honest, knowing Ryan. for us, but, uh, but for us and Ryan is a teacher and had a snow day, Father James, and he called me, and he was being a little weird on the phone, and then all of a sudden, I was like, so what are you calling for? And he's like, well, uh, I got bored today, and I wrote you guys a new theme song for the podcast based on the music to Save by the Bell. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, let's go. And then he sang it for me, and then he recorded it, and he is putting priest name intros in and everything. So big thanks to Ryan Moran, and if you enjoyed the intro, you're going to love the outro as well. Does that uh, mean my name's the first name in the Saved by the Bell intro song? It is. Oh, you are the first name used. Uh, last week's guests had, there was a version, but we decided that we would wait a week. It wasn't ready for prime you. time yet. Yeah. But your, your prime time is it gets, Father James. And so we oh, decided man. we'd wait for you. 
speaking of prime time, let's let's uh, let's get into the prime time section of of this week's podcast, the two minute drill. Let's I do can't it. imagine anybody who listens would call this the prime part of the podcast, but well, well everything does kind of like hinge off of this moment. Yes. Yes. So once again, I will disappoint everyone for better or for worse. Six Sunday in ordinary time. And we're six Sundays in and I, and I, I'm not bored with ordinary time yet. It hasn't worn me out yet. And, but it is our last week in ordinary time before we head into Lent next week. So it is our preparation to be prepared. So this is a podcast to prepare you for the week of preparation before we get prepared. Good. Yes. Six Sunday in ordinary time. First reading comes from Leviticus. We're really mixing it up. Job last week, Leviticus this week. Um, I felt like this reading hits pretty hard during COVID times. Mm. Like there, there was some real, cause this <laughs> reading just really says like, if you're a leper and you have sores and you have leprosy, then you're, you're unclean and get out and stay away from everybody. And even when you do go in public, you should yell unclean, unclean and cry out that you're unclean and make your dwelling away from everybody else. And I can't imagine the isolation that came with this, but uh, I feel like it hits a little hard during these times of COVID where people have to do the same to themselves. I haven't heard anybody yell unclean, but uh, maybe a it's a colleague still of mine, Andy Miller, made me yell at when I came into the office for the first time after uh, after being in quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> well, there I you are. Make, I thought it'd make for a good T-shirt, unclean, unclean. <laughs> but then I decided that's a bad idea. Yeah, that is a bad idea. I'm glad that you have a bad idea filter, Scott. Um, Some things just don't see the light of day, and that's a good thing. <laughs> the that, That'll be a whole separate episode of the podcast is Scott's ideas that haven't seen the light of day. Probably our last episode. <laughs> All right. The responsorial psalm this week is Psalm 32. It's a long one. I turn to you, Lord, in times of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. So I think it put, it definitely plays well off that first reading. The idea of like, even in these times of trouble, let's turn to God. Let's turn to him. Even when we are declared unclean and we must go out of the city and we can't be around every, but anybody and the priest has declared us unclean. We I can have an still important question. Oh, Do you wait. consider this Psalm a banger? <laughs> no, no, I can't even imagine this being sung. Okay. But I'm glad, I'm glad to know you're listening. Uh, no, this does not hit my Catholic bangers, uh, playlist, okay. but, um, I this response is the one where you like say the first part of it and then just kind of mumble the last half because you forget what it was. Yes. This is one where, yeah, the first time when it's time to repeat it, you're like, I turn to you, Lord. And times this is, this is, yeah. This yes. I always tell our students who read the Psalms at mass that they have to say it when they repeat it. Cause nobody else is going to, and if they don't say it and nobody else says it, we have failed. So. Um, second reading comes from first Corinthians. Father James uh, just looks disappointed in us right now. No, I, I knew that that wasn't going to be a banger. I knew going in. That's why I had to ask. I'm okay. so used to priests looking at me disappointed, <laughs> especially father James. We work together long enough. It's a, a regular thing. Um, the second reading though, first Corinthians, uh, in here, Paul seems like he's, I feel like Paul's tired of the games. Like he's tired of like, trying to explain things to people in like a way that he can walk them to it and in a creative way and give it, he finally is just like eat, drink, be merry, do whatever you're going to do, but do it for God and avoid being offensive. And in the end, he says, just be like me, just be like me. If you act like me, I am of Christ. So you'll be good. And I thought that was a very, I feel like that echoes a little bit. Sometimes Jesus 
when he's like walking through the parables and finally he's like, just do what I asked you. Is that your anyway. style, Jeff? Just be like me? <laughs> no, far from it. Far from it. Do I also like that your your uh, summary of the second reading was longer than the actual reading. There's a whole lot of commentary during my two-minute drill this That's week. Good. That's <laughs> We're not even going to save it for the end. We'll just Two-and-a-half-minute drill. Just crap on Jeff during the two-minute drill. All right. <laughs> Gospel. <laughs> we continue in Mark. Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. A leper came to Jesus, kneeling down, and begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything. But go and show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and, pu- to be- and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming fr- to him from everywhere. Father James, what do you have in your uh, spiral-bound, college-ruled homily notebook this week? This one? <laughs> Once again, great audio content. Just showed a notebook for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> do you actually have a notebook that you like write down stuff for every week? No. And that's the only thing? No. Oh, okay. I Last time, I wrote things down, and then we changed locations before the podcast started. I changed locations. Yeah. And I didn't have notes. I wanted to have notes this time. So but what do you what do you do for like actual homilies? Um, I I tend to be like more of a free writer. So I'll just open up the Word document and then just start writing and then heavily edit it. You know, I just <laughs> want the thoughts to flow first, you know, and then when I you, go back. When and you say, said free writer, I thought you were going to say like, and Scott was talking about notebooks. I thought you were going to be like, you just wrote it anywhere. Like as you had an idea, <laughs> no. you just got something on the wall and then it's like all over your desk. There are just post-it notes and. Yeah, I am a big post-it note guy. Cool. I will say that. Uh, I'm post-it note guy. Yeah, if I because you can move them, you know, and so if you if you want your thoughts to go in a different order, you can move them around. So I'll do that sometimes for sure. Okay. Well, this week <laughs> used a college rule note. So <laughs> what do you? Uh, well, what's, what's in it? Tell Let's ask. What's that. in the notebook? Okay. No, what's not? Like, what in here, what in these readings did you see? And you're like, there's no way I'm preaching about that. That's what I want to know. Oh, man. Um, I I actually don't think there's anything like that. This Curveball. Week. All right. Yeah. Uh, because the one thing that I was trying to figure out how to fit in, I fit in. So let me dive into that. Okay. Uh, way to redirect me to exactly things what I did prepare. you want to answer. That was good. Let's circle back and then we'll touch base. And <laughs> so I was there's there's a detail in the Gospels that really uh, threw me for a loop. And it's really a, a detail that connects the gospel to the first reading. And that in the first reading, we hear about the leper being the person who is cast aside. They have to live outside of the community. Right. And at the end of the Gospels, we hear Jesus having healed the leper. And Jesus' immediate reaction is he has to go live outside of the community. He needs to find a deserted place 
away from the people, especially when everyone starts to figure out that he can heal the lepers, that he can heal those uh, who are unclean. And it really got me thinking about uh, people who spend most of their life or a majority of their time being a caregiver, right? And I'm thinking of, especially as we do this podcast, uh, parents of young children, people whose lives become caught up in, in caring for another person. And there's something that that I see a lot, which is someone becomes a primary caregiver for, say, their elderly parent, or uh, they, they become a new parent. And something that you hear pa- new parents say a lot of times is that all of a sudden they feel like because they're giving all of their time caring for their children, they feel like they're not as connected to other people as mm-hmm. they usually are. You know, they... Um, they feel like they're on this island out there by themselves because their their entire attention uh, is on uh, caring for someone, and how and that's that's so much more true right now because of COVID. You know, uh, I've I've talked to a lot of parents who, you know, they're they're waiting months and months until they are even willing to take their babies like out of the house because you know normal times you're supposed to sort of protect your child from the, uh, you know, illnesses and things out of your house, but even more right now, you know, people are waiting five, six months, uh, to, uh, to start regularly taking their child out of the house. Yeah. Uh, but this is something that's always true. When someone gets to a point in their life where they're caring for someone else a lot, they, they can be, they can find themselves in a place where they're they're out kind of on an island. Uh, and what what does this gospel have to say to people who find themselves out in this deserted place? That was that's really my my question uh, as we hear about the leper in the deserted place and Jesus because of his care for the leper finding himself out in the deserted place. The good kind of deserted place or the bad kind of deserted place? Well. Because often Jesus will go to a deserted place to pray, right? Yes. But you also get the sense today that Jesus is like trying to get away from people to just have a few moments of quiet. Been there. There's and, something that all of, all of our parent listeners can understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for Jesus, like I, I, I think there's a difference between how Jesus reacts to this situation and how we react to that situation, right? Because we are not Jesus. Uh, important tip number one <laughs> uh, in reading things about Jesus, we're probably not going to react in the same way that Jesus does. Uh, you know, when we try to get away for just a few moments of rest, a few moments of silence, uh, Jesus, Jesus goes straight to the Father, right? And Jesus has this 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 intimacy with the Father that uh, that we might not have. I'm just going to suggest that we might not have the same intimacy with the heavenly father that Jesus had. Look at you with these broad strokes, assuming we're all not exactly like Jesus Christ. So to the listeners out there (laughs) who are not like Jeff and Scott, (laughs) who are perfect icons of our Lord Jesus Christ in every way, uh, you may be thinking that you are not exactly like our Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I've found uh, in my own ministry of, of caring 
in my own ministry of of working, you know, trying to love and care for other people is that when I do have those times of rest, those times of silence, like how easy it how easy is it for anxieties and worries to fill that space? You know, we we go off for a few minutes to recover and all of a sudden we are we can just be overcome by insecurity, by anxiety. And it's in these moments that we need to hear the message of today's gospel more than any, which is that our Lord Jesus Christ is the divine physician. Jesus heals. We hear this beautiful proclamation of faith by the leper today. If you will it, you can make me clean. The leper has a faith that in going to Jesus, he will be healed. And there are some truths of our faith that this reminds us of that I think are are super important to remember. One is that we believe that we can be whole. We can be healed. We can be holy. And as Catholics, if we find ourselves sort of stuck in a place of anxiety, stuck in a place of woundedness, we believe that Jesus can make us whole. Yeah, he says it there. I, I do will it be made clean. And I like that was the part that really struck me through this, because I, I think sometimes we can get caught up in thinking that we're not worthy of Jesus being able to heal us in a certain area or it's too um, difficult for us to bring out. But he does will it. He does want us to be clean and he does want us to come to him. Absolutely. Well, I, I talked about it in the with the first reading, but I definitely think like this does hit really hard right now. In a in a world where we are we are forcibly isolated, mm-hmm. whether that is me in a building full of kids, but they have to sit six feet apart, and they and they wear masks and they can't interact with each other in the same way and talk, or even more so, the the elderly and those at risk in our community who have been just shut away for months mm-hmm. and months at a time. And while we can create digital opportunities and we can connect with them, and we have this amazing technology to be able to do so, like. It, you said it exactly right, Father. Like so many people we know are suffering mentally in this time because when they get away, then that void, the void of the activity in, in the things around them, the community, the support, that void oftentimes is filled with anxiety and depression and angst. And it's a, it's scary. It's a, It's such a scary time right now for all people who are facing this. And then you add quarantines into it and mm-hmm. you add the isolation that comes from actually getting the, 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 you know, the virus and how that goes. Now I know father, like you have had the virus and survived it, but what was that experience like for you kind of being Uh, shut away? You know, the first seven days of it, I was sick, you know, and I spent a lot of time napping and like trying to remember to take the right vitamins at the right times. And standard free schedule stand. Yeah. Standard. Uh, just feeling terrible. But the, the second seven days uh, of my time shut away uh, and it ended up being a little longer because I kept having like a nagging fever. Um, the, the really difficult part was the isolation. Uh, and this was the second time that I've been quarantined because of COVID. And yeah, in that, in that isolation, you know, we're, we're used to, uh, we're used to a certain level of distraction 
in our lives, right? Good, even if it's good distraction. But when we're when we find ourselves uh, isolated, um, our our minds go wild. Our 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 emotions can go wild. Um, and I, I the last few days of quarantine were uh, were especially difficult, um, just because of that isolation and just you know uh, just finding that there were things that on my heart that I still needed to bring to the Lord. Uh, and there's a gift in that, uh, in, in rediscovering those places in myself that, that needed the grace of the Lord, the healing of the Lord. But the key there, when we find those places, is to bring them to Jesus. We can be so self-reliant and think that the way toward holiness, the way toward wholeness is in our own effort or in our own figuring out what's wrong and trying to tweak things in our life. And parts of that are necessary, uh, but it is our Lord Jesus who is the divine physician. His grace heals our hearts and makes us whole. And I don't know that I've ever heard that term before, but I really like it. The divine physician? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good name for Jesus. Yeah. One of the, one of the beautiful things uh, that I've learned along the way, which is to say I'm not taking credit for this image at all, uh, but there's an aspect of silent prayer where if there's something that is, that is, that is difficult in us, if there's some, some anxiety that we're suffering or some wound that we have that the need, that we need the Lord's help with, and we come before the Lord, we may not necessarily feel along the way, the steps of his healing us, right? We may not be aware of what the grace of the Lord is is doing in our hearts. But there are times when we are being uh, healed physically, when we have to be taken away from being able to feel what the doctor's doing, you know? And so we have to place ourselves before the Lord at times and just say, Lord, I, I don't know what I need to do to heal, but I know that you in your grace can heal me and, and be in the presence of the Lord trusting that he is working in your heart, even, even in ways you can't be aware of at that time. Yeah. Even if it's not the way you think he needs to, yeah. I think that's always been a huge struggle in my life with my prayer is having, while I know it, having to remind myself that like, I oftentimes think I know the solution to the issue I'm facing. And so I pray for that solution rather than praying for God to help lead me through this experience. Right. Or, you know, to solve this problem, however it is, that the Lord will solve it. So I think that's a, that's interesting. We kind of, you're, I mean, if we're sticking with this divine physician uh, title, which I really like, so I'm going to, um, what you're saying is we almost need this like spiritual sedative to put us under so that he can just heal us and we can wake up and, and be anew. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that happens in, uh, in trust, right? There, there's a, and we see that in the gospel today. I know that you can make me whole. You know, I know that you can heal me. He doesn't tell Jesus exactly how to do it. He just hands over himself to Jesus. I know that you can make me whole. I trust myself to you. Um, so Jesus heals. And then he says, go, go away. 
and don't tell anybody. And then yep. what's he do? He does. He tells everybody. And um, <laughs> then he, he, Jesus becomes real famous. Um, yep. It was a fantastic piece of it. But see that you tell no one. And then he went away to publicize the whole matter. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But similarly, like in our own life, in our own sinfulness, the cure is to visit the divine physician in the sacrament of reconciliation, to go make a good confession, to be healed in that sacrament. Uh, but similarly, we do the same crap. We go we're, we we promise to sin no more or avoid whatever leads us to sin, and we turn around and get back to sinning. And what what do what can we do to be better at that? That's the thing that I was like praying about this morning. Was like how how can I stay clean? And that that sounds weird. I don't mean it to sound weird, but like how do we how do we stay away from sin better? Good question, right? Yeah. So to get real theological about this. Uh, Speaking of sedatives. How yeah. do we done do get better? Everybody just just go like a minute and a half ahead on the podcast if you don't want to hear uh, theology. No. Sin, sin wounds us. Don't listen to this podcast if you're looking for theology, people. Yeah. I can't tell if this is actually going to be a real theological no, it is. or if this is going to be like a super simple. No. Sin okay. wounds us in two ways. The first way that sin wounds us is that we're guilty for that sin, okay. right? And we need God's forgiveness from it. But the second way that sin wounds us is that, is that we, are, we are hurt by that sin. And the way that we see that is that we are wanting, it's, it's so much easier to go back and sin again after we've sinned once, right? It might be difficult to steal something the first time or the second time, but the more that we're wounded by our own sinfulness, the easier it is to go back to that sin over and over and over again. Uh, and the, the medicine that the church gives us for the woundedness that happens due to sin, not so when we go to reconciliation, we're forgiven of the sin, but we still have the problem of the woundedness due to sin. And so the medicine that the church gives us is the penance, right? So the purpose of the penance is to seek to heal the woundedness due to sin. Now, this doesn't mean that those th the three Hail Marys or four Hail Marys or whatever your penance is, is going to be everything that you need. What's your favorite number of Hail Marys to, to dish out? Oh, gosh. Uh, Ooh, this is a great... Should we tuck this away for dumb questions? Okay. Favorite penances? You're Let's probably on a roll, and I... It's all right. But... This is a great, this is actually a great preview for Lent because the purpose of our penitential practices, pen, penitential being connected to our penance, is to heal those places in us that are wounded by sin, right? So uh, Jeff knows very well that one of my favorite illustrations. <laughs> I thought you, you were going to talk about being <laughs> wounded by sin. No, no. Jeff knows incredibly well Jeff knows what it's like. the life of a sinner. No, my 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 go-to illustration here is Baja Blast from Taco Bell. <laughs> and I know this came up last time, but now you oh, almost came out hear, my nose. Now you get to hear the Baja Blast theory here. No, there is nothing like the uh, father getting up there to do his homily, and I I never know what what's going to be said. And he just this the, started the whole homily off to the entire school community with, "I love 
Baja Blast. I do. <laughs> I do. But so there, there's two ways to get Baja Blast. Okay. There's at Taco Bell. Let's call that virtue. And then there's at the gas station. And the gas station, <laughs> the gas station Baja Blast is far inferior to the Taco Bell Baja Blast. <laughs> I promise. Lots of people agree with me. It's terrible. They can't get it in a bottle. So, but for whatever reason, I still find myself when I'm in a gas station thinking that this time the gas station Baja Blast is going to be better. Okay. But I know it's not, but I still keep going to the gas station Baja Blast. Right. I should just discipline myself to only get Baja Blast from Taco Bell. Okay. So this is a metaphor for sin being the gas station Baja Blast and virtue being the Taco Bell Baja Blast. Okay. So everybody knows if you want to grow in virtue, go to Taco Bell and get a, get a. Absolutely. (laughs) Cheesy gordita crunch. Yes. But sometimes you have to uh, put into your life with the help of God's grace, uh, greater practices of discipline other than just don't sin, right? So that's what we do during Lent. So if I were to say, you know what, to get myself to stay away from the gas station Baja Blast, I'm giving up all gas station drinks. You know, I'm just going to stay away from the gas station. And then that greater level of discipline is going to help me in my quest to only drink the true and the real and the good and the beautiful Baja Blast uh, (laughs) from Taco Bell. So it, it increases the, the will. The real Bob. <laughs> yes. So during Lent, so to bring this back to sin and the penance that heals our woundedness. In in Lent, we we take on acts of penance, and with the help of God's grace, not just this is this is no merely human program. With the help of God's grace, when we take on those penances. They help to build up our will again. They hope to they help to heal us from the woundedness to sin. And so we need we need those penitential practices in our life for that healing. Scott is what is what I'm saying. I know I went all the way to Taco Bell to get there, but uh, we need <laughs> well, those. You have to practices. take the virtue of Taco Bell. Yeah. I, I just can't find us going in another direction other than dumb questions right now. So right. we'll, we'll wrap. That's a, that's a good, good way to put a bow on that conversation. I think that, that whole theory of father James sticks with me so much that about once a year, I'll be at Taco Bell. I do not like Baja blast, but at least once a year, I will find myself thinking I'm, I'm going to order Baja blast like that. I need to do that. And then each time I'm disappointed, but. And I hope in those moments you remember how disappointed you are. By sin. <laughs> How do we? We should just skip dumb right. questions. That was a yep. great end of the podcast. All right. <laughs> dumb questions. Now it's time for dumb questions. But I mean, if we're being honest here, pretty much all of Scott and Jeff's questions are dumb. Dumb question. Can I start with mine? Yeah. What? What's your? What's your favorite number of Hail Marys to dish out after after someone gives you a good confession? And and 
And have you ever give someone the the penance of listening to our podcast? Because I think that is a good penitential act. I have never made someone listen to the podcast as a penance. Uh, but now now I have that idea in my head. Yes. So this gonna... week, you should offer confessions this week since you're on and just tell everybody, listen, <laughs> you, you want to avoid sin. Seek <laughs> virtue. All set for Sunday. My, my penances are usually... Uh, uh, geared toward how long I think it's going to be before that person goes to mass. So I I like for a person to be able to get their penance in before they go to mass. And so if someone's coming to me at a retreat or something, I might give a longer penance. But if it's uh, you know right before mass, I, I'm usually like a three Hail Mary, three Our Father guy. Nice. Uh, what's but, the most creative? What's the most creative penance you've ever given? Without obviously you can't dive into specifics, but. You ever gone really outside the box? No. <laughs> I can tell you really outside the box? No. So I can tell you, I feel more comfortable telling you about the most creative penance I've ever gotten. There you go. Uh, I feel more comfortable with that. I I was once told that I had to, in the next 24 hours, do something charitable for someone greater than holding the door for them. Not a specific person, but I just had to like find a way to be charitable to someone in the next 24 hours. And that, that was a really good penance. Um, I would think about giving that to someone because I had to really think about whether or not I was charitable from a moment to moment basis. You know, what, what, what is, you know, when you're at seminary, what does penance day look like? Are they like, these are your options of, of how to, to give penance to a penitent? <laughs> oh, penance Wait, day I, is I thought, in confession <laughs> class? Yeah, when you go to like at seminary, there's probably a day where you talk about confession, and there's there's more class. than one. And there's, a, there's there's probably a subsection of that day where, where you talk about penance. And there is there like a worksheet that you put your your name at the top of, and then you learn the different ways to give someone penance. So in the church, <laughs> there used to be a a manual that told you what penance went to what sin. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Does that still exist? I mean, it. no. So there isn't one that we're supposed to use. Uh, That's right. But one of the things that we learn on Penance Day uh, is that we have gone away from that. So, <laughs> uh, so we're really supposed to try to, uh, if we can, find something that's going to help a person grow in virtue or something that is more targeted. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't give the penance of three Hail Marys through our fathers, one Hail Mary, one our father, one, you know, glory be or something. Uh, but that we should be thinking in terms of, uh, you know, what what's a psalm they could read that would speak to where they are? Or um, what is something that we can encourage, a spiritual practice we can encourage them to do that will help them with where they are? Not just, well, I'm going to go to my manual here. And it says that if you do that sin, you're supposed to say this many are fathers. I feel like you'd have to be like an accountant. Like you'd have a spreadsheet going. You're like, all right, when we flip to page 17, that one's four. And then that one. Filter, so you're just like doing all, yeah, doing well, one all of the things I understand is that back in the day, an uh, our father, getting an our father as a penance, told you that what you did was way worse than if you would have gotten Hail Marys for a penance. Uh, that's one of the things that that they sort of give a, give us a heads up on, you know, that some people who were formed, you know, before the council might 
uh, might take getting an Our Father as a penance in a uh, a very disciplinary way. When Scott said, was talking about penance day in seminary, my mind immediately went to all of the seminarians going to confession and being given like the exact same penance of hold the door open. And then everybody's like fighting with each other to see who can hold the door open and get their penance done. <laughs> oh, father, do we lose I, you? I kind of lost you there, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Anyways, what's your next dumb question, Jeff? Uh-oh. Um, am I here? Am I here? Yes. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. One thing I learned from last week is that the audio still usually goes through, even if it is cracky. Okay. Um, I am, I am all right, back. My next Lord, dumb question. Okay. My next dumb question. I was thinking about blessings, like as priests, you're probably often asked to okay. bless things, right? Like do a blessing over somebody. Mm -hmm. or, but, but I also know that like the book of blessings has a lot of just like wild blessings out there. What's the oddest thing you've ever blessed? Uh, I took the, when I was first ordained, I was going on just like a day fishing trip. And there is a, there is a blessing of fishing boats and implements. And I knew that. And so I took the, the book of blessings on our fishing trip. And before we started, I blessed the fishing boat and all the fishing rods. That is a weird flex before a fishing trip. <laughs> uh, just, just to finish that story up, I fell in the water. Uh, so <laughs> did not help me. Did you bless the life vests? <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were among the things for sure. So that that I was thankful for that. Um, is there a blessing that you've seen in the Book of Blessings that you've always been like? Man, that'd be cool if I could do that one someday. There's a, so there's the book of blessings that we currently have. And then there's like ancient blessings, you know, like there's an older book that some guys have and there's a blessing of beer. And it's not just supposed to be like, Hey, we're having beers tonight. Let's bless it. But you know, like we've just produced a bunch of beer as a monastery here. Let's bless it. I've got, I've got a kit full of homebrew I need to make. Great. This could be fun. That that's that's a blessing I think would be cool to do. Let's let's make your homebrew and you can name it uh the No, I name brew. I'm I name it. You don't name it. I was going to name it after Father James and then he could come do a blessing of it. We'll pray about that. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> I want everyone to know that when Scott says that he's dismissing me. He does this to me a lot. Well, I'll I'll pray about that. It's a rude way to dismiss me. All right. Uh, last question. A lot of times when we interview priests, they have like some, like it's either bookshelves of books in the background or like beautiful art or whatever. I see two things, DVDs and a picture of the big red machine. Is that the big red machine back there? Yes. Because this is because. Um, Wait, what's the big red machine? It's I'm a sports thing. You can I'm check out. I'm currently at my parents' house. I'm taking ah. a few days off uh, of rest before Lent starts. And my, I, I grew up in the Cincinnati area. And so uh, from where I'm sitting, I can see the Cincinnati Inquirer headline of Pete Rose passes Ty Cobb with 4192 hits and uh, the Big Red Machine and some other pictures you, of Pete Rose. Yeah. Wait, did you put your collar on just to do the podcast? I did. Why would you do that? You don't need to do that for us. 
you know, it put me in the zone. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you are you home alone or are your parents home? They're here. Oh, do they want to jump on and say hi on the no, podcast? No, they do not. They don't? Oh, that'd be our first parent appearance. All right. Um, a parents. A parent. <laughs> I want to ask them dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, <thank> <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Last question. If That's you what you said not- last time. Oh, was it? No, go ahead. Okay. Ask the question. Go ahead. Uh, okay. I, this really, what, my last, last question. If you weren't a priest, if you had not become a priest, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Wow. Um, I think that, so I was studying to go teach religion at a high school. That's those people are the worst. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, so hopefully I would have worked myself up and shown myself capable enough to have taken your job by now. So that, that's, (laughs) Level of capability, not not like that's a low threshold. I <laughs> absolutely assume you would have done it. All right, I have that's I have I one very me. last question. Okay, very last. So last you're question. you're in Rushville, right? Yes. Is everybody there just always in a hurry? Oh. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm a simple. It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday.